this um, world is, lives on, on fire. fire. <laughs> this world is, world is on, fire. on fire. By Elise Keys. <laughs> Hi, Moody's. It's Christine. And King Choi. And we are back with the fifth installment of the Insert Mood podcast. If you're wondering what it is that we called you there at the beginning, Moody's is our working title for what to call our listeners. We're open to feedback, but we're thinking Moody's is kind of cute. So Yeah, we're creating our fandom. Yeah, merch to come by episode six. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, we thought that was pretty fun and like a cute little way to address all of y'all. For our listeners that have been with us for a little while, thank you for sticking around. And in the last episode, we talked about, hopefully, that there wouldn't be any fire sharknadoes. And since then, there have been. For those who know or don't know, I have been sheltering in place up here in Oregon, in Ashland. And about two weeks ago, there was something called the Almeda fires that started right here in Ashland, Oregon, that has burned through thousands of acres of land here in Southern Oregon. So and, ridiculous. Yeah, and it's, it's been crazy. But I have learned a lot about disaster relief or lack thereof provided to people. And a lot of the people who live up here in the, in the area are migrant farm workers out in the wineries, indigenous communities, as well as Spanish monolingual, undocumented workers that are part of the migrant worker folks that are here in the area. And they live in a lot of impertinent home sort of setups, be it RV parks, mobile homes, or even just group housing that's not considered official dwelling units. So it's been very interesting because I've been involved in a lot of the local donation efforts and relief efforts to provide aid directly to those that have been affected by the Almeda fires here in Rogue Valley, Oregon. Yeah, and you've been doing amazing work. Oh, thank you. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Very inspirational. Um, but it's, it's, you know, being thankful <laughs> that it didn't happen to us, but also what can I do to use my position of luckiness or even at times my privilege to give back to the community that mm -hmm. I'm living in right now? Because it's been a little insane because it didn't feel like I actually was really a part of this community until the fire pretty much happened. Yeah. I mean, I like, think like difficult times often bring people pretty close together. Yeah. And so, you know, being out and seeing the community show up, especially during the first weekend when everybody was trying to figure out how to be there for one another and big applause all around to the amazing team at Oregon Shakespeare Festival, which is the choice a business in Ashland. Uh, people travel from near and far to come in annually to go see some amazing plays. And the organization, because of COVID and now the fire, <laughs> on top of everything that's happening in 2020, is shut down. The team has still found a way to get together for causes like this, to make sure that they're still showing up and showing out for the community. And I've been a part of that effort with my husband, who works at OSF as well. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot of insane things that are happening. But yeah. speaking about insane, can we talk about the orange skies in San Francisco, <laughs> which also happened? Oh my God. Yeah, kind of concurrently. Just fires all up and down the West Coast of North America. So basically, if you as a listener don't know, then there, I mean, there were a lot of fires happening on the West Coast. And one day, 
a couple of weeks back, then a lot of us woke up to fiery burnt orange skies in the morning and it was terrifying. It looked straight up apocalyptic. I mean, this year has already been highly apocalyptic, but it looked it that day. You sent me a photo, I think. I did. Um, out in the Richmond area. Yeah, it was wild. It, it felt like it was a dark, fiery nighttime the entire day, and it was throwing everybody off, for sure. It was such a strange day to still be trying to work. Um, and ironically, the air quality that day was not as bad, I believe, because the smoke, at, at least that day, was kind of traveling above the clouds. Of course, it got worse over time, but <laughs> that that day, interestingly, it was not as bad. But it, it was terrifying to see. I remember I woke up, I opened my eyes, and I was like, what am I looking at? Like, why? What is coming in through my bedroom window right now? <laughs> it, was, it, it felt very kind of, where am I? What is this timeline? Which, to be honest, is like what reality thought, is this on right now? Like, uh. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt like very alternate universe. And mm. you know, your girl loves sci-fi and fantasy, but it's not what I meant when I. <laughs> hey, your girl over here also loves a good sci-fi horror, but yeah. But uh, current events have been absolutely bananas lately. I feel like this the, this year's theme has just been. Okay, we never thought that would happen. Uh-huh. And it did. Yep. And more things will happen. Yeah. And they continue to. And some very traumatic things have been happening. That's um, a really good way of putting it. I think to a certain level, I, 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 it's not even a think. I know to a certain level, everyone around the world is experiencing and dealing with trauma. Yeah. It's traumatic. This year is traumatic. And I don't think yeah. I've used that word. Yeah. And, and I think what makes it particularly unusual is that this is like an ongoing traumatic time with no real end in sight. So I think that that makes it harder even. And um I think a lot of people have been kind of expected to to go about things business as usual, but it's really hard to do that. And I, I think a lot of people have been struggling with that, certainly myself included. So, and I think a lot of us have become very resilient and strong because of this, but it doesn't make it any less tough. And speaking of, you know, juggling all the things that are happening out in the world versus how to juggle stuff that you are participating in at work, with family, with friends. I remember when I heard the news about, you know, RIP, RBG. I had to get off of Zoom. I walked over to <laughs> my husband's office, <laughs> which is just the desk in the kitchen that he works off of. And he himself was also on a call. And I just wrote a little post-it note and said, hey, did you know that... RBG passed away and he had to say, yes, I can't talk about that right now because I'm on a Zoom call. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll check in with you <laughs> later then, I guess, after I guess we finish our work stuff. Um, but 
my question back to you, I guess, Christine, where were you when you found out about RBG? So my friends and I went to the woods that day. We went to the river and we had no access to our phones. Like we literally, we left our phones in the car and, uh, you know, we were offline essentially all day. We got back to our phones, got to a place with reception in the evening and all of these text messages started flooding in as we got reception and we started seeing news notifications. Hey, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away. And we were like, what the hell? Uh, we, <laughs> we go offline for one day and this happens like, holy shit. Like it didn't, it didn't feel like a real headline. We were just like, what are we reading right now? Yeah. That's horrific. And, and to know that she was more worried about what was going to happen when she passed than trying to be comfortable, like in her, her last days. She so worked, much. She put in the work. She put in the work. Yeah. Um, and then. And so <laughs> yeah. And, and we know that there are people who actively want to undo all of that at the detriment of so many millions of people. It is scary. Uh, it doesn't feel real. Yeah. I think that we've been living in a time where things have slowly gotten better over time, but that could all be rolled back because of a bunch of bigots. Yes. Um, so it's, it's worrisome. Yeah. Like people's lives are at risk. I've been following the coverage of the memorials for our dear RBG. And one of the things that really struck a chord with me was seeing her personal trainer for, I believe, over 20 years now. And his name is Brian Johnson. He walked up to the casket and just got down and started doing three push-ups in dedication to her. And I just started crying like a baby. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's things like, it's just little things like that right now can just set me off. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just surprising. We're all on like, edge. We're yeah, all on edge, right? I think it's hard to predict what, what can set you off sometimes. We've yeah. all just been carrying this huge burden. Yeah. And, and also things that really set me off this last week is, seeing the news around the ruling for only one of the three cops that murdered Breonna Taylor and was only given once an endangerment for shooting into the neighbor's house <laughs> and not anything to do with the actual murder of Breonna Taylor. And it was absolute nonsense. It's nonsense. It was it's it's nonsense. like that was a legit set off. Uh, and I also know that, you know, a lot of people are responding to news that's happening around the world or even just in our country in very different ways. And there are people who are deciding to step up and show up for their community mm -hmm. and even show up for communities that they're not usually a part of in order to be a good ally. And there are people who are decidedly saying, this issue is not about me. So... I'm not going to participate. Yep. And 
and becoming a lot of people more, have been doing that. Yeah, and I'm becoming more aware about how people are checking out of things, and that's also setting me off. I'm like, how dare you say something like that? How dare you not say something? And it's just been very interesting. So with that said, I think we're just going to jump right into setting the mood. What is that mood, Christine? I think we're already defining. We're getting to it. I think today's mood is about knowing your truth and not just knowing your truth, but presenting and living yeah. your truth. Yeah. Uh, right now, I mean, more than ever, like if, if you can't say very definitively that you want things to be fair and just for people, um, and that you can't recognize that things have been truly horrific for some people in particular, for a lot of people, but certainly some more than others, like you're part of the problem. And I think that it, that extends to a lot of different things in life, but particularly in this climate now, like it's very much life or death. And a lot of people, I think, have been doing a lot of mental gymnastics with the with the intent of being politically correct or like, oh, I'm not about politics. And I'm like, that's a crock of shit. Mm -hmm. What people decide to say or not say speaks volumes. I think that's true across all avenues of life. Yeah. I've been surprised at hearing people participate in those mental gymnastics, be it in a workspace, be it in social conversations or casual conversations, mm -hmm. or even just for the sake of protecting themselves, saying, hey, I don't want to participate in something that could possibly offend you, so I just don't want to say anything at all, right? Yeah. And I'm like, wait, no, that's not the way to go about this. As of right now, everybody needs to take an active stance in whatever way you can. I'm not saying that you need to be the you know, knowledge owner and leader in anti-racism, right? But right. The, on the other end of the spectrum, I don't think you can come out and say, I don't agree with Black Lives Matter and here's why and, and here are the reasons why and you're wrong. I'm just going to say it out loud. Yeah. There's no reason you can <laughs> give me that would give you the right to say that. And also saying that because I don't agree, I'm just not going to participate. Because I don't agree with Biden, so I'm not going to vote for him. There is an ends to a means right now. And not everyone, we, we are all individuals that can't agree on everything at all at the same time. Yes, absolutely. It's impossible right? to. It's impossible. Let's just agree to disagree. Great. But at the end of the day, what is it that we believe in? Do you believe in basic human rights? Do you believe in social equality? Do you believe in social inequality? That there is not even just the fact that you believe that everyone has rights. Do you also believe that certain members of our society are systematically placed in positions to constantly experience systematic inequality? Mm -hmm. Black people, right? I just need you to understand that. There's no arguing out of that. Yeah. And it's just- And we'll so go from there. Exactly. We'll go from there. We'll go from there. Yeah. But just- like, can you agree with the statement that Black lives matter, that Black trans lives matter? Just, you know, insert 
like people like marginalized people's lives matter do you agree with that and then we'll go from there but like yeah I, I don't know but so many people have this mindset of not wanting to change not wanting to grow and because it feels like a personal failing maybe um maybe it'd be easier to go with the status quo because i haven't been affected but i don't know now's not the time no. but it's also i think in saying stuff like black lives matter i think for some people it's very problematic for them yeah. because they are now being faced with their own privilege Yes, and people don't like to face that. Don't want to admit that they don't want to say that I have been wrong. Yeah. And I think and I, a lot of people are fearful of participating in that sort of manner as well. And, you know, take responsibility. I take responsibility yeah. um, as an Asian American, having been raised in a family and in a culture that's been told, I've been told not to stir the pot. Don't create problems. Don't participate. And my parents have definitely told me point blank, don't participate in protests. That's not your thing. Don't put yourself in the line of fire. Put your head if down. Yeah, if the fire's not about you, don't put your head down. Work right? hard. Make a lot of money. Yep. Um, marry well. I don't know. Like, yeah. It's very, uh, you know, we came here for you to do one thing, and that's to succeed. Yep. And all the other stuff like if anyone else tries to bring you down about that like that's not okay so don't focus on other issues like that's why we left yeah you know the country we used to be in and but i don't know that's not the truth we want to live yeah so. and being asian american studies babies that we are yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes shout out shout out history majors yes <laughs> This whole uh, idea of model minority, Asians being model minority, for us to be model minorities, to be the peacekeepers that we are in society, the non-potsters that we are, means that we are placed above someone. There yeah, is we're pitted a, against someone we're else. We're pitted against someone, right? And because we are being placed in a position to be model minorities, there's some other minority that is not the model. Right? right? And at the most bottom rung of that, that system or that hierarchy has unjustly placed Black people at the bottom. Yes. Of that hierarchy. Very, yeah, it's very much. So for those of you who aren't as familiar with what the model minority myth is, it's basically the concept that Asian Americans have been placed as this model to aspire to. And it, and it is in direct opposition to black, brown, indigenous POC saying, basically saying like, look, they can do it. Why can't you? Um, they're succeeding, look what they did. And on the surface, it feels, it, it comes across like, oh, well, Asian Americans are doing so well, like they must be doing something, but it's just, a position that they've been put in and it's certainly not as binary as that. And, and at the end of the day, what it really means is that whites are placed above all of it. 
I think it is a great explanation. It is also people who have been in a place of power being able to play favorites in order to systematically instill a power struggle amongst those that have been suppressed, right? Yes. And especially, yeah, we are still- That's a great way to put it it's still a minority. They're not saying you're, you're a model majority, right? You're, there's that, that it's you're still, like a, you're still different. Shaded, you're yeah, still other. You're still yeah. different. You're still othered, but they're othering Asians in a way to sort of build a power struggle that allows the people in power to still spin narratives that are benefiting those that are in power. Right. Yeah. Um, and if people in power, have granted you that power, they will, they can and will take it away at any point. Exactly. exactly. Like, like for example, you know, there's this model minority myth with a lot of, with Asian Americans, right? But then once coronavirus hit, that turned exactly, like completely on its head. Well, Asian people carry coronavirus and you should the be afraid a- of that. The Asian like, virus. <laughs> yeah, the Asian virus, the Asian flu, the Kung flu, like it's horrible. So that that turns on its head. It's it's a precarious spot to be in, and it doesn't really mean anything. And it just speaks to like the power imbalance that there is. And going back to how I need to take responsibility for how I was raised, how to break from my own chains of suppressing any sort of want or needs to stir the pot, <laughs> because my family. And my culture has told me, as mm-hmm. well as those in power have told me, you're a model minority, act like one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I need to train myself out of that. And I have. I'm still exercising that muscle to sort of train myself out of being brainwashed by my family and by society to be a model minority. I don't want to be a model minority right now. So I'm just got emotional alert, not in a good way. So I'm just going to take a breath (laughs) because I'm definitely (laughs) mouthing off. Let me take a breath. I've been feeling emotional during this, this recording too. Yeah. Yeah. I've been putting myself out there in a way to not only say to other people, Hey, you need to show up. I'm showing up. Why aren't you doing that? Right. I don't have that level of judgment. I don't want to become that person like those in power to pit one person against another for what they do or don't do, right? That's not healthy. But what I want to do is to make sure that we are having constructive conversations with each other in a way that challenges viewpoints that gets us towards an end goal of social equality, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And to have you at least at a base level understand how you're participating in the systematic social inequalities that are existing in the world, as well as against Black people that many people have benefited off of. I just need you to have that baseline understanding. Yes. Right? Yeah. And I I think it's tough because people really misunderstand what it means to be privileged. I think a lot of of people's first inclination or or gut reaction seems to be, well, my life's been hard. Don't tell me my life hasn't been hard. And it's like, no, it's, it's really not about that. It's, it's, it's not about, has your life been hard? Everyone's lives has, have been hard. I mean, well, maybe not everybody's, but you know, we, all, we all face our own issues. We all have things we have to deal with, right? But all it's saying is that 
a certain thing about you has has not made it your life more difficult in a way that it has for someone else. Yeah. And and that's not your fault. Yeah. And and I think people don't want to want to understand that too because it really it's an uncomfortable thought to have yeah. to to think of yourself being complicit in a power structure that hurts other people. Like that's mm-hmm. a hard thing to deal with, but mm-hmm. it's true. It's the truth. So Yeah. Having those conversations, like you said, it's, you know, it's, it's just the tip of the iceberg. In conversations that I've heard or participated in with people who are against the BLM movement, the phrase all lives matter is used a lot. And I don't want to demean that. I do think that there are well-intended people that obviously do believe they care about Black people. They also care about all people. Legit. Mm-hmm. I get it. I don't want to demean that. I do, I personally also think all lives do matter. But in specific situations, there are some lives that should be prioritized based upon certain situations that are happening. Mm -hmm. 100%. Great metaphor, great analogy is the Almeida fires that (laughs) happened two weeks ago here in Ashland, Oregon. And there's been a lot of victims that's been a part of this tragedy and there are houses that have been burned down and luckily i was in a position where the winds blew in the way that they did and our house here in ashland was spared uh and i could have easily checked out i could have been easily the fire didn't touch me or my house i don't need to participate in any of the relief efforts or the or donation efforts Mm-hmm. But that's not true, because if the wind blew differently, my house would have burned down, right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that just because my house didn't burn down that I'm not affected by this, because I am a contributing member of this community, and I want to be a contributing member of this community moving forward. And just because my house didn't burn down doesn't mean that climate change is not an issue for me, doesn't mean that in the next round of fires that my house couldn't burn down as well. But just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean it's any less important Mm -hmm. Uh, in how you participate in this in in making sure that you are also participating in a manner in in a crisis in a, in a way that knowing the fact it could be you next. Right. I don't know. I knock on wood. I don't want, going bridging it back to the black lives matter movement who's to say that in the next decade um asians aren't being killed left and right right i don't want that to happen i'm getting into a very dark space but again drawing parallels back to the fires just because my house didn't burn down this round doesn't mean in the next cycle of wildfires my house is not going to be spared Right. So how do I participate at large out in the community to make sure that I'm showing up for those people that are most affected right now? So I, one, protect them, but also know that I'm setting the groundwork to also actively participate in something that allows me to feel safe as well. Right. Yeah. That we're all in this. That we're all in this together. And I think that's what I've been trying to get at. uh, It was a struggle for a little bit to bridge that but i think there's there's been this i think you got there beautifully thank you oh, 
it's it's this is this is this recording has been heavy it's <laughs> for been a charged listeners. time it's been a charged time and i hope that you know sometimes we don't often have the right words to articulate our thoughts in a manner that feels that we're saying the right thing right yeah and and i i think um for those of you listening again thank you for listening taking time out of your day to listen to us we we are coming from a place of figuring things out as we go like we we want to talk out loud have these conversations that can be difficult hopefully you're not just listening to this dialogue that you're feeling inspired to also kind of go out there and talk about things that you might feel uncomfortable talking about but it's it's necessary right yeah we need to have this conversation and and we're using our platform or whatever it is that we have here <laughs> with our you know decent amount of listeners to inspire them to sort of get out of their comfort zone and we absolutely are not coming from a place where we know even close to everything there's so much we don't know but we just want it to be an open space where we can have and also genuine dialogue just to bridge off that we're navigating through this conversation together you and i christine yeah and i'm hoping that you as a listener to this podcast if giving yourself the permission to navigate these hard conversations and inspiring you to put yourself out there, be it at work, be it with your friends, to sort of say, hey, I don't know everything, but what I know, and going back to what the mood is for this episode of the podcast is knowing your truth is, my truth is that I know I want to show up. I know I need to show up. Mm-hmm. So the first step is to just get over the fact that <laughs> you know you're just going to be uncomfortable and just willingly participate in all aspects of showing up in the knowing in the unknowing and sometimes in in the in the revelations that you're going to uncover for yourself as part of the conversations that you have that needs to happen right here and now yeah um, i think it's okay to give all of ourselves permission to feel discomfort with these types of conversations and being okay with the fact that we're figuring a lot out, but that we're all coming from a place of kindness and togetherness. We just want to have, we just want to make the world a better place for everybody. Yeah. Sounds very grandiose. I It, it is grandiose, but I do believe that we can get there together. And I have yeah. hopes and dreams that that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I created my own meme that no one knows about because it's only in my head. <laughs> but you know that pizza bagel theme song? Like, pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening. Uh, sure. I feel like we're always making... Yeah, sure, sure. Thank you. That is the only incorrect right answer uh, to what yeah. I just asked. Live uh, your truth. Live your the song that I rewrote for the pizza bagel jiggle was crisis in the morning, crisis in the evening, crisis at supper tab with crisis in 2020. You can have crisis anytime. <laughs> oh God. It's so on the nose. <laughs> oh, 
oh, think that you've already gotten the handle of one crisis? Well, with crisis in 2020, you can have crisis all the time. Crisis at night, crisis in the morning, crisis when you're asleep and having dreams of waking up to a Blade Runner 2049 crisis with orange skies. Crisis that was more Sharknado. No. <laughs> Now, with more Sharknado, if you buy now and pay in four installments of $19.99. You'll get 20 more crises at your doorstep. Say what? <laughs> oh, my God. Crisis in the morning. Crisis in the evening. Crisis at supper time. We have crisis in 2020. You can have crisis anytime. Um, <laughs> We're wow. a mess. We are what a mess. mess. What, a, what a well-structured mess. I know. Well, speaking of jingles, uh, <laughs> segue. This is like that's a it's a it's a hard left. Speaking of jingles, <laughs> segue. Yes way. <laughs> oh, I like that segue. Yes way. I mean, changing changing topics. You know, we always want to close out our episode on a positive note, and I do think that we had really positive conversations today. We around did. very sensitive and necessary topics. Yeah, uh, it was difficult and emotional. I yeah. mean, y'all can't tell through the medium of our voices, but we we had to pause a few times. We were we were feeling it. Um, yeah, these are hard conversations to have, and I think it makes sense and is totally okay for emotions to well up. And hey, mm-hmm. it is insert yeah. mood. It didn't say. <laughs> So our moods could very well fluctuate. Yeah. <laughs> at any given moment. It's not insert one mood. Yeah. <laughs> we are complex individuals with a complex spectrum of emotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, taking a hard left. We're just going to take a hard left because I feel like I yep. want to right <laughs> now. <laughs> the segment that we introduced last episode was talking about traveling through the medium of entertainment. And with the intention of, you know, ending our podcast on a positive note, want to share with you what are some of the things that are sparking joy for us in the medium of entertainment. (laughs) So, Christine, what's been something that's been sparking joy for you in what you're listening to, what you're reading, what you're watching? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I, so I do also want to add on is that what we both really like about adding on this segment is that it kind of emphasizes that even as much as the world has seemingly gone to crap and we still have a lot of work ahead of us and a lot of ridiculousness that is bound to happen, especially in this coming year, there are still things in our lives that can bring us joy and fulfillment because life is very much worth living and there's so much of it to experience and I don't know there's a lot of things that bring me joy still so that car is like yes (laughs) (laughs) so I have really been into listening to mashups that I find on YouTube and I have one mashup actually no two mashups that I've been listening to on hardcore repeat. I don't know what that's doing to my YouTube algorithm, but I'll take it. One of them is a mashup between Dua Lipa Physical and the song Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. And it's like this 80s synth pop, uh, just 
just an amazing experience in your ears. Like I just can't recommend that mashup enough. Like an orgasm. Oh, one hundred percent. I listened love- to that. I love it so much. Oh my god. I- <laughs> um, technical difficulties. Apparently, my intersection has tons of rooming cars going through it. Um, all the cars are like you like you like some synth. I I got yeah. you. I got you. <laughs> Um, and I've also been really liking this mashup of the song Bad Romance with Sweet But Psycho. And it is so good. I demand that you as a listener listen to both. <laughs> it is a must. Yeah. Those are uh, my those are my joy sparks. I don't know. Is that what we're calling them? Joy yeah. sparks. Oh, joy we're sparks. creating new terms. Moody's, Joy Sparks. Joy Sparks. <laughs> yes way, segue. Joy Sparks ASMR. Joy- <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> Things that spark joy for me and what I've watched. So Netflix just came out with a new barbecue showdown competition in the style of Great British Bake Off called American Barbecue Showdown. And just this weekend... I binged all eight episodes. I never thought that I would cry. (laughs) Oh my God. At contestants. And there's this one contestant. His name is Rashid. Genuinely just like a great guy. And, And also just all the contestants on the show are just so real i guess well it is a reality series so i'm just (laughs) (laughs) stating an obvious i guess it's just so real (laughs) (laughs) there's this is a level of heartwarming interactions and i'm a big i'm a big believer that food nourishment brings people together food brings people from different cultures together as evident by the diverse cast that is on this reality series called again american barbecue showdown and so there was there's a level of comfort in in seeing that people from different backgrounds genders experiences are commiserating as well as building bonds over their love of food and it really does warm my heart and my belly so I really highly yeah. recommend that. <laughs> it's really great when groups of people can meet in the middle. Oh, shut this down. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. <laughs> of all the things that triggered me, that pun <laughs> set Triggered. Me off! <laughs> Triggered. <laughs> uh. This is what it's like being friends with me, FYI. Um, <laughs> It's an experience. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Insert Mood. Where you know it's our, been a journey. It's been a journey. Hey. It's been a bad. rough journey. And you know what? You part- willingly participated and signed up to listen to this podcast. And, you know, and hopefully one of the reasons why you enjoy it is because Christine and myself bring our authentic selves <laughs> to our conversations <laughs> and to this podcast. And to echo back to the mood that we set earlier on in this episode, we're knowing our truth, we're speaking our truth. And so thank you so much for listening to our truths, even though sometimes they are... <laughs> are, are even though sometimes they are punny and sometimes they're not 
<laughs> Y'all knew what you were getting into. Y'all knew where you're getting into. And we hope that we also inspire you to speak your truth and to also be not afraid to also speak up on behalf of someone else's truth because we are all in this together. We're all in this <laughs> Was, Is that High School Musical? It sure is. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, oh my God, this is definitely just, we thought we were ending, but I just want to also end with this one note. I was more of a fan of Vanessa Hudgens as a singer outside of High School Musical, and I didn't necessarily know that she was actually in High School Musical. That's how big of a fan of Vanessa Hudgens I was back in the day. <laughs> She had some. She had some bops. She has. She had some bops. Baby, come back. <laughs> Baby, come back to me. I might. Yeah, I might. Uh, go listen to some. Some Lil V. Is that what she called herself? Yeah, Baby V. Baby V. There Baby we go. Baby V. Oh no. Oh no. Why do I know these things? <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much, dear Moody's. I think that's what we're going with right now. It might change by the next one, pending feedback. I like it. <laughs> All right, until the next episode, y'all. Bye, Moody's. Bye.